And we welcome you into Berea, the Dog Bowl, on a Tuesday here in December, the first Tuesday of the month, and four games to go. Twelve down, four to go in the 2019 regular season, and your Cleveland Browns sit at five and seven, and can't sugarcoat it, a very disappointing loss on Sunday to the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game where that saw the Steelers shorthanded and still able to, to pull out the big win, and John, you've been through some of those games before where the, the expectations were high going into a game and and you fell short as a team. How do you come back from something like this? It's tough, um, you know, but the fact of the matter is you have four games left and you can't let it uh, snowball and, and finish your season in a negative fashion. You have to get back and, and approach this week as if, you know, you won and, and there's still a lot on the plate. You know, I know the chances are low about playoffs, but anything can happen. But that, uh, you know, your mindset has to be moving forward. Try to, you know, stack these wins to finish the season the right way and uh, be able to look back on the season with a little bit of positivity. That's John Greco. He's Andrew Gribble. Gribbs, uh, you white-knuckled on the drive there and on the drive home. Mother Nature was not too kind to you. On Sunday, in addition to the Browns and, unfortunately, the effort on Sunday, uh, a tough one, and we've been in this spot before, but there's still some time left, and they're, they're, not, they're not totally out. They are on life support, I think, from the playoff hope standpoint, but still some things here to play for in these final yeah, four Yeah, I weeks. mean, it's, it's really, when you look back on it, the exact same situation you were in last year at this time. It was just what got you here and the expectations to that point were are so much different. I mean, you're disappointed uh, to be five and seven. Last year, I believe, I don't know if you were five, six, and one, or you were around something like that, and your playoff hopes were equally as slim, but you played some of your best football down the stretch. It's just a totally different situation because you had such higher expectations this season, uh, and you lose a really crucial game here. But the, the key for this team is just uh, – I don't even want to, you know, you don't want to look past this game. Obviously, the Bengals are win, won a game. I mean, somehow you're playing the Bengals and Dolphins this season, both coming off wins. And and just get to week 16 where that game matters against the Ravens and see what happens. I mean, that's that should be the uh, – you don't want to get past this game, but that should be the goal for, from, from my standpoint on how you can kind of salvage the final quarter of the season. Get to that game because you were eliminated week 16 last year out of your control. It was right after you, you beat the Broncos. Uh just get to that point where where the games can still kind of matter, and then just finish out the season the right way. I mean, that's that that's what you need to do. You know, there's a lot of guys in this locker room who, uh, you know, we always talk about the team. You're not only playing for your job in the future here; it, it could be elsewhere. There's a lot of reasons that these guys should want to play well, and it goes beyond the playoffs. Even though the playoffs still are, are very much alive, even though it is very slim at this point. What was the biggest, John? What was the biggest? glaring issue that you saw from Sunday's game and, and the loss to the Steelers? Well, I just thought um, the momentum that Pittsburgh had after they made that first long pass, after you know Duck made that first big completion, because prior to that, it, it looked like the Browns were about to roll, and it looked like they were about to blow them out, and something switched for Pittsburgh. They they made a big play. They got a spark at home. The crowd was back into it. Because, that was even before Renegade. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, you know, when that happened, I think that was the tipping point, and then, you know, you go into halftime, you're tied. Uh, you know, you, you can kind of say, hey, listen, you know, whatever happened, happened. Let's come out in the second half and uh, you know, try to reclaim the ground game and, and and put some points up, and they just fell short of that. I know they got away from the the run a little bit for 
um, you know, whatever reason, but you know, just couldn't uh, couldn't close it. And they had some protection issues at inopportunistic times, and and uh, you know, a couple turnovers, and it was just uh, you know, when you add all those things together, you fall short. Yeah, the end of the first half was disastrous. I mean, that was I mean, and it was one of those things where it really did seem to carry over into the second half. I mean, Pittsburgh it felt it was ten to ten, but it felt like the Steelers had just taken complete control of the game. Your quarterback's injured; you don't even know what's going on with him coming into the second half. Uh, and based on what Freddie said, it sounded like Garrett Gilbert was under the impression he was going to be playing up until the last yeah. couple minutes uh, before the second half even began. So it, it's just you lost control of that game because your defense played in a way that it did against Denver and in a, in a game where you should have had such a huge advantage over the offense you were facing and you just allowed, I would say, four or five big plays and that completely changed the game. I mean, 13 points probably isn't enough to win most games. I think it should have been enough in this game. I yeah. think you should have limited the Steelers in the same way you did the first time. I, I know Devlin Hodges wasn't going to be throwing interceptions the same way Mason Rudolph was, but had it gotten into that second half and they were still trailing, I think there would have been some some opportunities to get those interceptions because that the one he did throw was awful. I mean, it was just a horrible pass, and I don't know what happened with the route, but it was it was an awful pass and something you expected. But then you blow the opportunity to make anything out of it by going three and out and, and getting sacked, which takes you out of field goal ranges. It was just everything that had been going right for this team. I, I think Freddie talked about the complimentary football aspect of this game. You had breakdowns in, in really every facet. When when one side was trying to pick the other one up, it's almost like the other side didn't want to get picked up. And it was it, and when you needed to pick me up, you didn't get it. It, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a complete failure, I would say, in all three phases and just at the worst possible time. Yeah, I think one of the more disappointing things when you take a look at the stat line is is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt really not a part of the game in the second half. I mean, Pittsburgh, whether it was Pittsburgh's defense taking him out of it or whatever the case might be, you know, the, the running game just wasn't there in the second half. And, and you'd had some success. I mean, it was three yards, four yards a carry, but it was setting you up for third down and manageable third down and short in that first half and, and you weren't having to go eight yards 10 yards 12 yards to get to get a first down and uh, I thought in the second half I mean it was it was a one score game and, and I think that was probably one of the more frustrating points of this whole season forget just the game on Sunday yeah I, I do think Freddie made a good point Monday though that it's so it's it is a little bit deceiving because it's like you, you had that one possession in the in the second uh, the the second half and it just you didn't do much with it. That was where you maybe had almost all your carries in the second half. And then Pittsburgh gets the ball back, gets another field goal, almost gets gets a touchdown on that drive. And you're almost thinking at that point you're down twenty to ten, and your defense hasn't gotten a stop really since the the beginning of the second yeah. quarter. So it's like you not only need to score, but you need to score in a hurry. So I understood why you started passing the ball more. The one situation that Freddie revisited on Monday, which made sense, you needed to run the ball at some point there uh, at the 30-yard line. Yeah, to just give yourself a more manageable field goal at the worst uh, or just kind of get yourself a third and manageable, which it just, it just never happened. All right, John, we talked about it earlier today on Cleveland Browns Daily. There's four games left, and Gribble alluded to it as well. Uh, this is a chance where if you're a player – at the end of the at the end of this four game stretch, you want to be known as a player that's part of the solution, not as part of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about that, and and that that should be the mindset. And you know, if you want to be part of something here moving forward, because you know, I, I think we can all argue that 
you know, things go different ways in some of these games, and you know, we're we're looking at a completely different season. So I think I think it's there. It's close. So you know, I, the players that want to be here, you're going to find out who wants to continue to be here and be a part of it moving forward. And you know, the guys that don't, you might see. You know, hopefully you don't see it, but but I've seen it before. Guys just kind of hanging up, and when when those playoff chances run run out, you know, you're going to see who wants to be around and who wants to maybe spoil someone's chances for the playoffs or finish. Uh, you know, in a way that they don't want. Um, but you just want to see a team come out this week, re, you know, refocused, re-energized against a team that they very, you know, very well should beat. Uh, a team that uh, has one win. You know, you get Dalton back, but a team that they handled last year twice. A, a team that, um, you know, in, in the Bengals that that the Browns have handled as of late. So you just want to see them come back, re-energized, refocused, handle business, and just stack wins to finish the year stronger. Gribs, uh, you take a look at this football team, and you know we talk about the need to see a little bit more, and, and we'll get into what we want to see here in these final four games. But the one thing that we've seen that that's a big positive, I think, has been the development of Freddie Kitchens as, as head coach and how he has managed games. He has done uh, he's done a lot better. He seems to be a little more comfortable in things. Yeah, I would say the in-game management's better. You want to challenge uh, on Monday, on, on Sunday, which, I mean, I got to be honest. When I saw that play live, I thought there was no chance Correct. that that was yeah. a catch. Uh, you had all th- you had all three of your timeouts in the second half, getting into that situation. I mean, th- those are some little things. I just the, the the thing we need to see, and this is really the last couple games. You've just seen the the, the thing that you want to build on is last couple games. You've come out with very just the team hasn't done much in the third quarter, and I think that that's something that needs to be better. Uh, moving forward down the stretch, I mean, you let the Dolphins back in the game, uh, allowing 17 unanswered points, uh, and then this game, uh, you just really barely had the ball, and the defense didn't have much of anything in that third quarter. So, those are things I'd like to to see improve over the over the next couple games. And you've got a pick me up opportunity here against the Bengals, but it, again, it's no no gimme. They've 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 put Andy Dalton back in. He's a capable veteran quarterback. They've, they're getting John Ross back. Who knows if A.J. Green's coming back. I mean, this isn't a good team you're facing, but it's one that is playing better. Maybe kind of reminds me of the the 16 Browns where you get that win near the end of the season. And you remember the 16 Browns could have probably won the next game after that as well. Yep. I mean, you, you get a win and you start feeling good. Uh, so it, it, this is no no gimme at, at, at First Energy Stadium. But if you do get this win, you can start feeling a little bit better about what you're doing again. John, what do you want to see from these guys here in the final four games of the regular season? Well, th- I think just approach each game as if you know you're the number one seed or the number two seed, that, like you're playing for something. Because, like we said, the chances you know we, we could talk about the percentages, the low chance of the playoffs, but you never know how things could shake out. So I'd just like to see guys handle their business, come to work each day with the mindset and the expectations that they're going to win the game and no one's going to beat them. And why not create the culture and create the perception that the Browns are the team to beat in December? You want to be playing your best football as the year goes on. And why not say that we could be, you know, a strong finish and, and rip off these last four late in the year and just kind of fall back on that next year moving forward and say, hey, we're playing our best football late in the year when playoff, you know, when the games are most crucial, when the uh, play, uh, games matter for playoffs. So that's what I would say. I would say the other big challenge in in doing these, in playing out these last four games, you have a lot of rookies. You have a lot of guys that just a few weeks ago weren't even on an NFL team. 
and now you're they're playing meaningful snaps. Uh, I mean, leadership is going to be really, really important from up above here in these final four games from a player standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're going to get a chance to see these guys get tossed in the fire and see if they can contribute. And are they going to be a part of your uh, you know future plans and a part of this team that you know moving forward? Or are they going to be uh, let go? So that's the thing. I look at it as a great opportunity when you're you know numbers called and you're a young player. You know nobody cares that you haven't been in there. There's no excuses. This is your time. This is your time to shine. And you know the good ones get their chance just but just by a, an injury or somebody getting cut or something happened where they get an opportunity. And and what a, what a better way to uh, you know come in and you know just be a bright spot on the season late in the year and say have the guys the powers to be you know looking down on the roster and say hey this guy had a lot of energy made big plays for us when we asked him to when he was called in late in the year when you know when he didn't have a great big sample size so you know, get, make the decision-making hard uh, for the decision-makers late in the year. I got I to add, though, the, the defense right now, I, I, I have no stats to back this up. The defense that <laughs> played on Sunday had to have been the youngest defense in the NFL by far. I mean, yeah. when you when you go player by player, and especially in crucial moments, I mean, you, you go on the defensive line, Porter Gustin had your most snaps at defensive end. Chad Thomas played a ton uh, on the other side as well. Brian Cox is a young player. He's playing on the defensive line. And then you had your two veterans in the middle with Ogunjobi and Richardson. I'm calling Ogunjobi a veteran. He's in his third season. Yeah. And then you got Schobert back there with a rookie next to him at Mac Wilson. Second-year cornerback in Denzel Ward. A rookie cornerback in, in, in Greedy Williams. Uh, Shelter Credwine getting his rookie first safety. playing time. Mm-hmm. Justin Burris is, is his first year playing safety. JT Hassel is a rookie. I mean, it's just – it was uh, – we we give the defense a lot of grief. They had a tough time, I think, but this is a a, a situation you did not envision for this team no. going into the season, and it's 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 unfortunate. Some of this is self inflicted with both Miles Garrett, Demarius Randall not being out there, uh, but it's just kind of a it, it's been a bad deal for the defense really since you go all the way back to week three when when you had your entire secondary missing. Really hasn't been whole ever since, and. It's a tough, tough situation for Steve Wilkes. I think he's he's gotten these guys ready to play, especially against the Steelers earlier this uh, earlier in the month. Uh, but it, that that's what that's what will get this team to the to the finish line is if this group can play better than they did against the Steelers. Yeah, no question about it. All right, we look ahead to the Cincinnati Bengals coming in here on Sunday. We're going to see them two out of the last four games of the season. Obviously, home this week. On the road in Arizona, home for Baltimore to round out the home slate, and then to Cincinnati to wrap up the regular season. These Bengals, you mentioned it, got their first win over the Jets. Uh, Yes, Andy Dalton's back. That defense played pretty well, though, against Sam Darnold and the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a team that is like – totally bereft of talent yeah. i mean and, and they've like got the some miami experienced guys i mean this yeah. is yeah this is a little bit of a different situation than miami they've had some real big injury issues especially on the offensive line i mean that's that's where they're weakest right now but it, it's such a difference when you put in a capable quarterback i mean we saw it with miami i mean they're and they just beat the eagles i mean that even in a team with no talent a capable quarterback at least keeps you in the game and i i think andy dalton is coming back with something to prove I think he he knows he's probably going to be playing elsewhere next year. Uh, he's playing for his next job and and doesn't even. I think he's playing to not be thrown into a quarterback competition next year to to just get a job, a job outright. He's got he's got a lot to prove. They have a good running back, but they can't really run the ball because of their offensive line, and their defense has some quality players and some not quality players. I mean, it's not a terrible team. They're they're but they are one eleven for a reason, and this is a team you should 
take care of. I mean, yeah, but this, especially this, at home. But these, uh, you look at the Browns' wins and losses; they don't make a ton of sense this year. I mean, you've beaten, you've got three wins against three of the six AFC playoff teams if the playoffs started today, and you've lost to to three quarterbacks or a couple, two quarterbacks who were worst case scenario. We're not going to play these guys this year, and Brandon Allen and Duck Hodges and Marcus Mariota, who's not playing anymore. I mean, it's it's the losses don't really make all that much sense, but uh, it is where you are right now. Yeah, so you're coming back home to a familiar opponent, a divisional rival. Uh, you know, they're going to have a spark with Dalton coming back in, and like you said, their defense, although they don't have the household names that you're kind of accustomed to seeing in Cincinnati, they still do have some kind of cornerstones there. You know, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, and, you know, I've, I've watched Carlos Dunlap. I've played against him a lot of, you know, number of games, and that guy can play, and, and this – Dalton coming back, those guys love him. That locker room is going to be 100% supportive of that behind him, trying to uh, provide a spark. And they're going to be playing with a little bit extra juice, I guarantee you that. And, you know, like I said, they they know, they they see everything that's surrounding the Browns and, you know, coming off a loss. And they're going to see the smell the blood in the water. And uh, you're going to get their best effort, that's for sure. Yeah, no one's going to feel sorry for everything we're going through right now. I think yeah. that's been yeah. abundantly clear. Did you ever go up against Geno Atkins? Did you play against him yeah, quite a yeah, bit? Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. Yes, he what, – uh, What makes him such a good football player? You know, he's kind of like the – I, I want to – Aaron Donald's a unique player, but I, I feel like he's in that category in the sense that they're kind of – you know, he's six foot, six one, maybe, and, and still stout and, and kind of low center of gravity, but very, very strong, very efficient and violent hands. So when Geno's coming off the ball – you have to worry about his speed and quickness and kind of first and second step moves. But then what what makes those guys so talented is they have they have a counter planned ahead of you know, kind of ahead of their rush. So they're looking at your alignment. They're very smart, very smart players. As, as well as gifted athletes. So that's the thing. They can see your alignment. They have a good sense if it's a run or a pass. They can see if you overset, they're taking your inside. If you kind of underset, they're going to try to beat you outside. If you're playing high, they're going to run through you. So playing against Geno, you know, when we play, when I played against them, they had really good teams. They were making the playoffs, going to the playoffs. And, you know, he was he was at the, the height of his career, the, the kind of the prime of his career. And I, I don't see him slowing down yet. You know, the record, he's still out there playing. But, you know, when you're a star player like that, I'm not saying that he's doing this, but they're, you know, 0-10. You know, he's not – maybe he's not giving his best pro, uh, you know, playoff effort. But, like I said, this, this week I guarantee you're going to see kind of a hungry bunch. Yeah, going to be a, a difficult challenge indeed if the Browns are to win – and beat the Bengals, get back on the winning track, which I think we all hope in three of four games here, very winnable games. In the fourth one, you already beat them at their place, but they just happen to be the hottest team in the NFL right now. Right. Uh, so the, it'll, be a, it'll be a much tougher challenge, I think, than the other three games. But, John, if the Browns are to win on Sunday at First Energy Stadium, what are the biggest keys to them getting a win? Well, I think just just handle business. Do do a lot of the things that we talked about that hurt them early in the season. You know, take care of the football, take care of the quarterback. It always starts with that. Have your protection, you know, solid. Do things that that may help your guys that are struggling against some of those good rushers. Maybe try to do things where you're chipping guys out of the backfield. Maybe uh, keep it, keeping an extra protect, you know, pass protector in the formation. Uh, just try to you know hit them with screens and then and re- then really run the ball. Just get those two running backs as many touches as you can. Take your shots to OBJ, to Jarvis, to the big uh, big play receivers when you can. But really, just just have this be kind of an old school 
AFC North type game, cold weather game, run where you ball, just baby. run the ball and and see where you come out. And you know, you score two, three touchdowns early, jump on them, and I, I don't think they're going to be built to sustain uh, you know a comeback. Yeah, I, unlike last week uh, on the road in Pittsburgh, uh, if you can get up fourteen points, I think yeah. that you put yourself in right. Really good right, position. that's my key. It's like I I think the, after twelve games, you are what you are, and you know, I was just looking at it now. The the Browns have in they have five wins. In four of them, they did not trail at any point in the game. And I, I think it's safe to say that this offense is not good when it's playing from behind because I think things get thrown out of rhythm, things get rushed, that you you get away from some of your, your plans. Uh, the only game where you trailed, and it was very briefly, was against the Bills in the fourth quarter, and you really just needed one drive to win that game after that. The rest of these games, you never trailed. You had some ties later in the game, but no, no, nowhere were you, were you facing a deficit. And so that, to me, is you jump on the Bengals and, and don't let them in the game. I mean, that's that's been the key for this team to get the wins they've had and the games where they fall behind, it, it just stuff hasn't materialized the, the way it needs to. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts from, uh, from you guys here. How important is it, John, actually, before we wrap up, how, f- how important is it for them to hit the field on Wednesday and be ready to go. Be sharp. You just you're coming off a holiday week. You're coming off a tough loss. It's a loss that puts you on the ropes of being out of the playoff picture. But it's all how much of it is mental at this point? A lot of it is, and I you know I think I think for me anyway, I think a lot of these players will be excited to get back out there Wednesday because it is a fresh start to a new week and a new opportunity. And the and you know on Monday when you watch the tape, you have your meetings your group meetings, your position meeting, your team meeting, you're reliving, you're reliving it, win or loss. And when you win, there's bad plays and you're they're on your mind for a couple of days and you're trying not to make those same mistakes. And then obviously when you lose, you're trying to clean up things. And, you know, I know that was a tough one to stomach and I'm sure it was tough for them uh, downstairs in the locker room. But they had to go through it all Monday and think of it Monday night and then today they're off day, they're trying to get back healthy and clean up some of the bumps and bruises. But they're reliving it. So I, I know that they... You know, can't wait to get back on the field tomorrow because it's a new opportunity, a fresh start, a fresh week, and you know the best way to take a bad taste out of your mouth is go get a win, especially at home. Yeah, especially at home, win one here for the home crowd, uh, and not, it would not hurt your cause, especially uh, as you get closer to the Baltimore game on the twenty second. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today to the best podcast available. John Greco, appreciate your time. Andrew Gribble, appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you. As always, this has been the best podcast available.